1: Welcome to the Betting Above the Rim podcast. Today's date is January 3rd, 17th edition. Folks, I've been teasing this for a while. That I've, I've been trying to work and get this guy on for weeks, and we finally have him. College basketball insider, founder of Field of 68 podcast, Jeff Goodman is our guest today. Goody, thanks for coming on the podcast today.
0: No, thanks for having me, James. I, I know you've been trying, and I've been down here uh, busy eating in Charleston. So, uh, you know, I, I listen, I get out of Boston for a reason. The weather's not good. I got one kid in college, so we can go anywhere we want. So we head south uh, and uh, and do a lot of good dinners in Charleston.
1: All right, listen, I, one thing coach likes to do is eat. So I'm at the have to join you down <laughs> in Charleston at some point. So here's here's how we're going to do it, folks. I wanted to bring in Jeff because I really feel like when it comes to college basketball, there's no better mind that's going to understand and and really give you, you know, what he feels handicapping going through leagues. So what we're going to do is we're going to go through about seven or so leagues, and I'm going to really just throw it to Jeff, and he's going to give you his pick to win the regular season title in each league, maybe some value plays, and if we have time, we'll do final four picks for Jeff. And we'll do his national championship and maybe time for a sleep or a team that's under the radar that you may not be thinking about right now that may be worth a value play. Let's get started right away to the American with the new team on the block, Florida Atlantic. Florida Atlantic comes into today at plus 175 on BetMGM as the favorites to win the American, followed by Penny Hardaway and Memphis at 2-1. to one. SMU 6-1, to one, and then we're not going past their Goody because now we're talking 30-1. to one, We're talking long shots. So in your opinion, Jeff, looking at FAU coming into the league, do you think FAU is the favorite and should be the favorite to win the American,
0: and why? I think it's a two-horse race, and it's wide open between those two right now. And I wouldn't have said that a week or two weeks ago, uh, but after watching FAU lose, at Florida Gulf Coast about a week ago, and I love these kids. I, I was down in Boca for a few days. I saw them in New York and Jimmy V lose to Illinois. I love Elijah Martin and, and Nellie Davis. I just think what they miss is what Memphis has, which is a big wing, and Memphis has it in David Jones. And Memphis has – their starting lineup is basically all guys that are on their third school. So they're all old dudes. Florida Atlantic brought back their whole team, James – but they're not quite as old and and grizzled as this Memphis team. So uh, I'm going to go with FAU only because they know how to win. They beat Memphis in the the NCAA tournament last year. They got to the Final Four. So I think at the end of the day, I trust them, game on the line. But I think, unfortunately for them, I think they're learning how to be the hunted instead of being the hunter, which is what they were, uh, FAU's always been.
1: And I, I think I agree with you with that. With, with FAU, with experience. remember, folks. If I'm not mistaken, FAU first round one by one. So that could be a big difference in both of those schools. With the fact that FAU and Dusty May got that first round win, and you are right about the experience of a team like Memphis bringing these guys back, bringing in a uh, Javon Quinterly who's on his third school. Uh, you know, Nakwan Tomlin just got there are uh, from Kansas State, so they do have some experience. And I think Jeff makes a good point, folks. Experience is key once you get down to business of big time matchups. That's why I see teams with experience seem to make deeper runs than teams that are loaded with what and dunce. Let's move off the American, and let's go to the Blue Bloods, a lot of them. And in the ACC, right now, Duke and Carolina, Both at plus 250 on Finn, uh, sorry, Bet MGM. Clemson, also at plus 250, off to a great start this year. Miami, a team that I love that's been up and down, up and down. Let's see how they do as they get in the conference play at 8 to 1. And then Virginia, who some people think have underachieved so far at 10 to 1, along with Wake Forest. Jeff, in your mind, in the ACC, who do you like to win the conference?
0: So I know I picked Carolina, and, and I'm already changing my mind after uh, a, a couple of days here because I saw Tyrese Proctor last night for Duke, and he came back from that injury, and I think to get him back, he played well last night. Uh, he's got high upside. He's got something that nobody else has, which is a big six five guard who's just he's got NBA moves. He makes people better. And while he was out, Jared McCain has really been terrific. The freshman guard can score from all three levels. You got Filipowski down low. You got Jeremy Roach. There's just kind of that veteran. You know, I think it's it's Duke Carolina at the end of the day, and then Clemson will finish third. But ultimately, I just feel like when it's close like this, I'm going with a team with pros, with NBA guys. And I think both Tyrese Proctor and Kyle Filipowski are, are both NBA players. And Jared McCain could be. I, I don't know who that pro is for North Carolina. I'm not sure they have one. They got a bunch of good players. They they've you know, RJ Davis has played like an all-American. Baycott hasn't been great this year. And then they threw in, you know, some transfers. Harrison Ingram from Stanford's been really good. Cormac Ryan's been good from Notre Dame. So they're older, but I just think the upside and the fact that Duke's gonna get better and better as the season goes along because they've got McCain as a freshman, Proctor, who again really struggled out of the gates. And I think he and McCain are going to be really good together once they figure it out.
1: And that's important because sometimes when you have teams of experience, the young guys that come in can be that linchpin that can get you over the hub. Obviously, Tyrese Proctor last night versus uh, Syracuse with 14 points and four assists. So they will be a big addition. And Duke with three guys that could score or more, I think that could be the difference. And the thing about Armando Baycock is sometimes these bigs, They stay in college for a reason for so so long. I think at times when Baycock goes against these bigger, more athletic centers, sometimes he does tend to struggle. Speaking of big men, let's move on. And let's go to the Big 12 with another new team on the block. And finally, you can stop talking about Calvin Sampson playing in the American and not playing teams because he has taken his team to what I think is the best league and college basketball, and that's the Big Twelve. Houston Cup checks in today on Bet GM plus two twenty-five to win the Big Twelve, followed by Kansas at plus two seventy-five with their Hunter Dickinson transfer. How about another new team in the league? BYU. Not a lot of people talk about BYU. Four to one. Baylor just opened up their new arena last night. Seven to one. And then you got Iowa State sleeper team, teaching and coaches. You know what? Off at ten to one. And then you still are looking at teams like Texas. And TCU, folks, think about this. Texas and TCU are 20 to 1. That tells you how good this league is. Jeff, you're mine. Big 12, who's the team to beat?
0: Well, it's always Kansas. I don't care who comes in the league. Uh, and I love Kelvin Sampson, what he's done in Houston. I don't care. If, if Kansas isn't number one, um, remember, they've owned this league for forever now. Uh, last I checked, Bill Self can still coach. Last I checked, Hunter Dickinson's still probably the second or third best player in college basketball right now. The key for Kansas, and my concern, is in the NCAA tournament because they don't shoot the ball well. I don't think that's going to affect them in terms of the regular season. They're going to win enough games with their defense. They've got great defenders. Dewan Harris is an elite point guard who guards. Kevin McCullough's elite. KJ Adams is a great defender. They just don't have great perimeter shooters, but they'll find a way to grind out these wins. And, again, I'm not betting against them. You know, I, BYU, it's like throwing money away at 4-1. to one. Like, literally throwing it away, James. Um, it's Kansas or Houston for me. And I'll, I'll go with Kansas because, again, um, you just don't bet against the Jayhawks to win the Big 12 regular season title. You just don't.
1: And, and I agree with you. And if you, if you look at it, and, and I think Houston could still make a deep run in, in March because it's so hard to prepare for Kelvin Sampson's team because they – they guard you at shoot-around. They guard you in the locker room. They guard you from the bus. Whenever they <laughs> want to start guarding you, start guarding you. But the key with Kansas, folks, and you want to watch down the line is particularly the three-point shooting. McCullough's is shooting at 37.7%. He's got to be there. Obviously, Harris is shooting the ball well. But a guy like a Timberlake, the transfer, only shooting it right now, 27% from three. If there's an Achilles heel for Kansas, it is the deep ball. And when you get into half-court basketball in March, it's going to take, folks, guard play. Becomes very, very important. Speaking of guard play, let's go to the Big Ten with Purdue, the favorites, at minus 200. Why? Maybe people don't think the Big Ten is very good. Teams are not playing well. We'll get to that in a second. But Purdue, minus 200. Wisconsin at eight to one. Michigan State, top five in the nation, preseason. Izzo's at twelve to one. Illinois, we're not going to go into their issues they have, but they're fourteen to one right now. Indiana, sixteen to one. Along with Ohio State, I'm in Jersey, so I don't even know what Steve Peichel and Rutgers is because I don't even see the odds. But we're not. I assume that Jeff's not going to pick Rutgers next year. He may, he may pick them next year, but not now. But Purdue minus money. Jeff, they got to be the pick. In the Big Ten, correct?
0: Yeah, and they are. I mean, listen, you, you take Purdue there uh, because, again, the big boy, Zach Eadie's a force. Nobody can handle him. Uh, he's he's a National Player of the Year a year ago for a reason. He's going to win it again this year unless he gets hurt. But the difference maker is Braden Smith, their point guard. He's been so much more aggressive uh, looking for his own. In ball screen now, he comes off it, and instead of being passive, and maybe throwing it into Zach He He's out there to shoot, and he's making them. And uh, Fletcher Lawyer's been good for the most part, a little up and down, and they got a transfer in Lance Jones from Southern Illinois who's fearless, doesn't make always a ton of shots, but he is not scared, and he can guard and give him an, an athletic defender on the wing. The only other thing that looks intriguing to me is anytime you give me Tom Izzo to win the Big Ten at, you know, plus 1,200, like, all right, like, I think about it. Now, again, like you said, they're preseason top five. They're horrible out of the gates. They've started to figure it out a little bit lately. right? They smacked Baylor in Oakland a couple of weeks ago. So I, I kind of like them, but do I think they're going to win the Big Ten? No, but I would sprinkle a little bit uh, on on that number is intriguing to me.
1: And that's interesting because you know the phrase January, February, Izzo, April. So you know when it gets time to it, Tom out gets to get his Izzo with his team to play. And I think you make a really good point, Jeff, about Purdue. My problem with Purdue last year was they were so young in the backcourt, a year older, a year wiser. And you're right. The game that really turned me was Braden Smith in the second half versus Alabama. He just at that point came off the ball screen and he let it loose. And if he's able to hit that ball screen, and you know, folks, it's not very hard. It's a pot. It's a high ball screen or a pin down. You roll big Zach Eady in the middle of the lane, throw it to him over the left shoulder, jump hook, game over. So if if you got Smith that now can knock down threes and he's shooting at 40, I think, 49% from three so far this year, at 12.4 points per game, and big games in big spots, that could be a lethal one-two punch. But you're right. Izzo at 12-1 to is always worth a couple of dollars. Let's move on to my neck of the woods, and that's the Big East. And the Big East is led by... UConn, the defending national champions, the UConn Huskies that beat everybody by double digits, who beats everybody seems like by double digits. Uh, They do have a couple of losses this year. Obviously, shout out to my guy Shaheen Holloway and and my good friend Ryan Whalen at Seton Hall. They knocked them off, but we could talk about that could be the clinging injury, which could be a factor in Jeff's decision here. UConn, plus 180, tied with Marquette. What a job Shaka Smart has done there. Texas was never the right fit, folks. He's back home where he belongs, and he's doing a great job. Villanova, oh, my God, you've heard me cuss this team out. Well, they're starting to figure it out a little bit, plus 275. Creighton, another team that may have underachieved, but with Shireman and Kalkbrenner, you can't count them out, 7-1. to one. And Kim English has done a great job in its first year, taking over Ed Cooley at 10-1. Jeff, Big East, who do you think is a favorite? Who would you put your money on? So, win the Big East regular season title.
0: So I'm going to go with Marquette, but mostly because I'm worried about the big boy, Donovan Klingon, at UConn. If he's healthy, I'm taking UConn. But foot issues and big men, seven-footers who weigh 270-plus pounds, that scares the hell out of me. And Klingon was hurt in the preseason with a foot injury. He's been hurt throughout the He's out now, You know, played through some foot injuries. He's now out for a couple of weeks. And I just don't know if we're ever going to see a healthy Donovan Klingon this year. So Marquette, to me, has the best backcourt in the country. Tyler Kulik's the best point guard. Cam Jones is an elite scorer who just plays with with such a good pace, and he's so smart. They just need another dude to step forward, a consistent number three guy. Oso's been good in the middle, but he's been a little up and down. Uh, so I, I like Marquette, but again, a lot of it is based on the fact that I just don't have confidence we're going to see a healthy Donovan Klingon when it matters most,
1: and I think that's important for me. One team to look at—I I, can't—I can't throw away Creighton yet at, at uh, seven to one. They just can't guard. Brenner,
0: they can't guard the other than
1: and I think that's the thing. Losing who they lost in the portal really hurt their because those were the two. Especially number they're two most athletic guys, and I think that could be the thing because. Teams, as though he's shooting at eight, he can 18.6 points per team game, teams are going at Shireman and Kyle Brandner a little bit sure. because they're not as aggressive as they are defensively. And it should be it should be interesting because you know and I know, Jeff, the Big East, I mean, this may not be the 80s, Big East, but it's ultra competitive, and you have to bring it on the defensive end of the floor if you're going to give yourself a chance. Now let's go to the Pac-12. because I, I want to talk about this because – I've watched the Pac-12 not as much as i good because, you know, coach sometimes get a little, I got to get into bed a little early at night. So I miss some of these games. Yep. But right now the Pac-12 Arizona minus 140 was playing great. Number one team in the country. Well, they just got picked off by 20 at Stanford. And they've had two losses in the last couple of weeks, obviously losing to FAU and a barn burner a couple of Saturdays ago. Colorado four to one Utah plus 650 Oregon. Nine to one. And are you ready for this, folks? <laughs> USC with what Isaiah Collier and Boogie Ellis and Ronnie James is at 14 to 1. And then UCLA, who is which which people were not crazy about Mick Cronin leaving Cincinnati to go there, has done a great job, but this year's been tough. 19 to 1 for UCLA. Jeff, who's your pick to win the Pac-12?
0: You know, I'm going to take Arizona, but I kind of like Colorado at that number, right? Plus 400. Colorado's got maybe the best player in the league right now. KJ Simpson has taken a huge jump. De Silva, really good number two dude. And Cody Williams is ultra talented. He'll be a a lottery pick. Uh, Younger brother of Jalen Williams from Oklahoma City. Uh, Long, athletic wing. Knows how to play. Great third guy. Uh, They've got shooters. Tad Boyle can coach. But ultimately, I still think in order to part of it is when it's close for me. Home court advantage is so important, and I think McHale Center. And I I went to school at Arizona, so uh, went to many of games there. It's such a good home court advantage compared to Colorado. Obviously, you 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 know you've got the elevation at Colorado, but uh, beyond that, it's not like they're diehard fans where it's a huge home court advantage like it is with the fans at, at McHale. So I'll go Arizona they got a lot of good pieces. They've struggled lately. Uh, I think they'll get it together. Tommy Lloyd's done a great job in the in the regular season for the last couple of years, for his first couple of years in Tucson. But, man, Colorado could be knocking on that door, really, and, and make this thing interesting. When two weeks ago, most people thought Arizona was going to run away with this thing, and it would be, you know, Arizona is like a Purdue two-to-one favorite.
1: And the amazing thing, folks, is this is being recorded uh, January 3rd, It's going to be released tomorrow. Guess who plays tomorrow? Colorado at Arizona. So it's perfect timing here. And you talk about KJ Simpson, folks. Think about this, folks. He's gone from 7.4 to 15.9 to 21.1 points per game. And the biggest thing with KJ is his ability to knock down the three from 25.4 to 27.6 to 47.1%. And you're right about Tad Boyle. And I'll tell you this right now. Folks, a lot of you have no idea who this guy is, and people talk about guys like Jimmy Larinaga. that has been a coach for a long time. I mean, I even think about a guy like Mark Schmidt at St. Bonaventure. People know about as a great coach. Ty Borris is one that in that league as great yeah. coaches that not that don't get a lot of respect. And this is a team that with KJ Simpson and De Silva. Uh, we, I, if I'm not mistaken, I think it's in silver that was at VCU. If I'm not mistaken, no, one. He's been different, there. Yeah, different, yeah different.
0: he's been at Colorado, Tristan.
1: Right, but you yeah. know, still at 15.7 points per game, 5.4 yeah. rebounds, two point assists. This team, and listen, they have a crazy environment in Colorado. They've met, and he's made runs in the Pac-12 tournament before when teams didn't expect it. That could be a good value. And folks, think about this: if Colorado wins tomorrow night. At the McHale Center. That line may flip because that's going to be two losses for Arizona. And then obviously Colorado's going to have a win at the McHale Center. So if you're thinking about possibly taking Colorado, you may want to put it in before the game starts because it will move after the game, should they win. Let's move on to the SEC, which well, another team, which I a league where I feel like there's a bunch of teams that could win it. And it came and honestly, folks, it may come down to how the teams playing. Ready for this? On the road rather than they do at home. So let's take a look at Tennessee and Auburn. Auburn is wasn't getting the respect maybe that Bruce Pearl should have deserved before the season. They played exceptionally well. They're both at three and one. Three to one. Cal, I've talked about it in those podcasts. This is as big of a year as it is for Cal. Because he's got his best recruiting class in a long time. And I I mean, he got two Jersey kids at Wagner and Bradshaw, so you know I'm all super excited about those two. Uh, Alabama six to one, A and M, Buzz Williams fight him in a phone booth. Seven after one, Arkansas still it's still dangerous at fourteen to one. Jeff, SEC, who you got is winning the league?
0: Boy, this is the hardest one because I think it's the most wide open of, of any of these leagues. You know, you can see any one of these six teams coming out and, and winning the league title, and it wouldn't shock me. Uh, I took Kentucky because, again, I, I think their upside is so high. I love Dillingham. Uh, he's electric. He, he's going to be a first-round pick. He's so tough to stop. He can just kind of generate offense whenever he wants. And Reed Shepard is is the guy that just kind of keeps it all together, right? Another freshman. There we're seeing Antonio Reeves, really good shooter. Uh, your boy, DJ Wagner, I'm not as high on him as some are, but – You know, again, if he's your fourth best guard, man, you're pretty good. And Bradshaw is a stud, stud. Could be to me. I don't know if he'll be the number one pick or number top three pick, but he he's got super talent. Uh, I'm going to say Kentucky, but I'm going to throw some uh, some money on Arkansas at fourteen to one. They just got Keon Menefield eligible from Washington, transfer. Trevor Brazil, remember. He was out all last year, so he's still kind of finally 100 in and shaking some of the, the cobwebs and the rust off from missing last season due to injury. And then you got Tremont Mark, who's played great basketball, one of the best transfers in the country. We also know James, Muss. His teams always start slow and they get better because he revamps his entire team with the portal. So I, I think it's worth it there. Like that number is just it jumps out at me. Uh, but again, I think Kentucky. If you're putting a gun in my head, who I think wins it, I would be the Wildcats. But I, I love Arkansas, fourteen to one.
1: And if you think about it, Arkansas is going to be battle tested. They've already played North Carolina. They've already played Memphis. They've already played Stanford. They've already played Oklahoma. They've played a, a tough schedule. And you're right about Mus, You know, son of an NBA coach, so he knows about playing the long game and adjusting. But I will say, I do think Kentucky. Brownshaw's a problem. I mean, he's a yes. big problem, and he covers right. up a lot of defensive mistakes, and the fact that you could bring a guy like Dillingham off the bench, like, right what, what are we he yeah. doing here? Cal, this yeah. is the year for Cal, and I'm going to say this. Unfortunately for Cal, expectations are sky high in Lexington. If they do not make it to the second weekend in March with They'll this team, yeah. they, they, if, if they can yeah. buy out Jimbo Fisher at $51, 52000000 Right. I hate to say, they could buy out Cal at $34, $35 yep. million. So that was the SEC. And I think we've gone through all the leagues, and we just got a couple more minutes I know Jeff's got to go. So I'm going to throw it to Jeff. And based off of what you're thinking today, who is your final four?
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm going with Purdue because, again, they got the dominant big man who is not a liability like some other plotting bigs are defensively. He moves uh, well, and, and again, I, I think like you said, those freshmen, guards, lawyer, and Braden Smith are now sophomores. Uh, Marquette, like I said, love their backcourt. Guards win in the tournament. I'll take Tyler Colick and Cam Jones any day of the week. Kentucky, guards, guards, guards. They so got four of them. Bradshaw can get up and down the court. He blocks shots. He finishes. He can shoot the three a little bit. Uh, Trey Mitchell's been a, a good addition, and now you need him for like 15, 20 minutes because of Bradshaw. And then my kind of roll of the dice is Colorado. Like I said, like them. I think in the final year of the Pac-12, maybe a Pac-12 team finally you know gets to the Final Four here again. And I, I don't know if they're going to win the whole thing for the first time since uh, Arizona did in 97. But I like Colorado. They're, they got some older guys. they got a really good point guard again in Simpson who's shooting it, as you said, much better than he has in his career. And Cody Williams is coming. He's just got to get healthy. He's still up in the air for whether he's going to play Tad Boyle uh in the game against Arizona, which I think will be tonight, as your uh listeners and 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 watchers are gonna uh viewers are gonna watch this uh th- this pod.
1: I mean, think about this, folks. Pac-12 haven't won a championship in that long. If I remember right, I think that was the Miles Simon Mike Bibby sure. backcourt court back in the day when they won a championship for the late Lute Olsen. Jeff, yep. two more really quick, because I know where you gotta run. You gave us your final four. Who was your pick to win the national championship?
0: Um, boy, I mean, this, this has been a, uh, a tough one for me. I'm going to take Purdue. I'm going to take Purdue to, to kind of pull a Virginia. You know, Virginia loses to, to UMBC. They come back the next year. They win the whole thing. That's the blueprint, right? Maybe Matt Painter will do the same thing. He's been getting crucified like Tony Bennett was, and uh, they brought back their entire team for the most part, added a key transfer in Lance Jones. And I think they have it in them to be able to win this whole thing. Because now those guys from the perimeter that made that missed on those uncontested shots a year ago, I think they have the confidence now. Uh, I think they just got to get past that first game, right? That first game in the jitters. I remember talking to Virginia, you know, Ty Jerome and Kyle Guy after that game, Gardner Webb, was in Columbia, South Carolina. And I was walking with them. To the locker room after, and I was saying, you know, how nervous were you? They were like, "No, really, really nervous." So Purdue's got to get through that. That's the big one.
1: All right, two. All right, I actually have, have two more because I have to do this because my my boss is texting me and he wants to know what is wrong with Maryland. Can you, I mean, I'm, I'm not trying to. I, I like Calvin Willard. Can't shoot. They the the can't shooter, shoot. The, and that is the thing. They cannot shoot the ball. And here's the thing that's tough about them. They never play well on the road. And if they start losing games at home, and yeah. then go on the road, so Greg Selsman, my boss, uh, there you go. I've I've made sure. I oh, Julian up- Reese,
0: listen, Julian Reese, you can't put up an offer. I don't care who you're playing I'm against, Shaq, Whether it's Zach Eady, I don't care who it is. Julian Reese, you're too talented to put an offer up against Purdue. Uh, they need him. Jameer Young hasn't been nearly as as good as he was a year ago. You know, I think part of it too was a year ago. There were no expectations at College Park. You know, Kevin Willard took over. Remember, Mark Turgeon basically quitting the team halfway through the year before. And nobody expected anything from him. Sometimes, again, you know, that's kind of the easiest thing. No expectations. You're loose. This year, come in, a lot of people are expecting them to be a top 25-ish team, contend for, you know, one of the top spots in the Big Ten. And, man, they came out and they just can't make shots.
1: Listen, you can't make shots, and that's honestly that's part of been the reason of Michigan State struggles is you can't make perimeter shots. And when you can't make perimeter shots, I can tell you as a coach, you load up the paint, and you get rebounds, and you make them pay on the other end. Jeff, last question: You got a team that's a sleeper. The funny thing is this team hasn't lost a game yet all year, but they're still a sleeper and undervalued. Who is your sleeper team right now to win their league and even? Crazy as it sounds, probably won't do it, but maybe worth a dollar or two to win the national championship.
0: Well, this guy took uh, Texas Tech to within one basket of winning the national title a few years ago, and that's Chris Beard. And obviously he's had uh, some issues off the court. Otherwise, he'd still be at Texas right now, but I think everybody would agree Chris Beard is about as good of a basketball coach as there is. X's and O's, motivating his players, and now he's got a full complement. You know, he just got Brandon uh, Murray eligible because of the the, the waiver rule, two time waiver rule, and he also got Musa Cisse eligible recently. So that's a scorer and and a big man to go along with another big man defensively in Terrence Sharp. So, you know, Chris Beard finds a way, uh, and he can he can revamp rosters better than almost anybody. Along with like Eric Musselman, right? I mean, he, he did it at Arkansas Little Rock right away. They got to the tournament in year one, beat Purdue in the NCAA tournament. I was there. Uh, he obviously look at what he did at Texas Tech, Elite Eight, national title game appearance. Texas, he had him ready last year. You know, I think they could have been a Final Four team if Chris Beard had still been coaching that team. But he put them together. And uh, Old Miss has got some talent: Allen Flanagan, Jalen Murray, Brandon Murray, Cise, Sharp. They got a lot of dudes on this team. So I, I listen. I, I never put it past Chris Beard, the coach, what he can what he can pull off. So winning the SEC, I, I would – you know, I, I said I liked Arkansas at plus 14, 14-1. Uh, I, I like these guys at 25-1 to 1 even better.
1: And think about this, folks, really quick. They go at Tennessee on Saturday. But after that, home Florida, home Vanderbilt at LSU. Three of – I would say Florida middle back, but lower teams of the SEC – before they have to go to Auburn on Saturday, January twenty. So if you're thinking about it, it will be time to jump in now because if they win at Tennessee, that thing is gonna slice and slice in half, maybe off of one win. I wanna thank Jeff Goodman. Uh, thank you for coming on, Jeff. Really quick before I let you go, I wanna let people know you will be able to see this on the Sports Grid app right here uh, where you can get everything, pregame, in-game, post-game, Pops, predictions more from everybody from the Sports Grid family, and even some stuff from Jeff Goodman, who I want to thank for coming on. Remember, folks, Jeff Goodman's one of the best in the business. I'm going to say the best in the business. You can find him on the Field the 68 podcast. Make sure you follow him on Twitter and Instagram. Jeff, it's a pleasure to have you on. Hopefully, we can do it again soon before the tournament.
0: No, thanks for having me, my man. I appreciate it and uh, look forward to coming on again as we uh, we get these things heating up a little bit.
1: Thanks, Jeff, for coming on, and thank you for listening. This will be released on January 4th. Remember, we got that big game, Arizona versus Colorado, coming up that night, so get your bets in early. Thank you so much to uh, Matt George, our Mike producer, Greg Sussman, for bothering me to make sure that I get his stuff in. um, And obviously, thank you for all for listening to this podcast, and thanks for Jeff again. Thank you all. Remember... It's smarter to be on sports bridge. Take
0: care. Good night. Thank you. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Pulling up to Mickey D's just
1: for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra